Welcome to the F1 Wrap. The F1 Wrap gets you quickly up to date with the best of F1 content from around the world, including news, the latest F1 tech, clever social bits, and everything you need for the upcoming race, all in 20 minutes max. Go to the F1Wrap.com where we link to everything we chat about today and a whole lot more. Oh, we just wrapped up Singapore, which was a wet race, so it ended up being a bit of a DRS train from start to finish. There were a few nice passing moves here and there, but essentially Max lost out. Checo held on to win, and Leclerc and Sainz for Ferrari held for a decent 2-3. Unfortunately, George Russell was nowhere to be seen, and there was a whole mess of DNFs. But uh, still a great circuit, still a great race. This week saw a bit of drama that unfolded at the beginning of Singapore with Christian Horner all of a sudden seeming to have to defend himself for whether they at Red Bull had gone over their cost cap allowance for 2021. And if they had, what does that mean? And Toto Wolf had lots of comments to make about that, which made for some fun viewing and listening at them going back and forth The long and the short of it is, if they're over 5% over budget, then it could mean some pretty big penalties. We'll get into that a bit later. Christian Horner maintains that there is no problem because they were actually under budget. But as we know in F1, there is a lot of creative budgeting as well as creative rule bending, let's call it. Red Bull announced that they have inked a new deal with Honda for the powertrain, which is huge news considering that they just broke off the deal with Porsche. I'm interested to see what comes next. And finally, Danny Ricardo might be inking a deal to be a reserve driver for Mercedes, although nothing is in ink yet, so we will wait and see. Is this a better idea than going to maybe Williams or Haas if he was invited? And once again, here's my chat with Will McDonald about the state of F1 this week. Will McDonald, how are you doing? Let's get to it. This week, all of a sudden, Christian Horner and Toto Wolf started shit-talking back and forth with each other about whether Red Bull had gone over the cost cap for 2021. Yeah. And I got to say, I watched, there was a supercut of this on Sky Sports on the uh, beginning of the qualifying, about seven minutes in, where they played all the clips back-to-back. And I got to say, I wasn't totally convinced that Christian Horner was in the, was safe. Um, did you see any of that? Yeah, it, it sounded like a lot of lawyers speak to me. He was very aggressive, but wasn't wasn't very specific. Like, I felt like Christian Horner was a, a bit evasive and was speaking in vague enough terms that I felt like, okay, he's he's a little bit concerned that something's going on here. I mean, here's what it comes down to. I mean, here's the real issue. Um, any team 
that shows that they overspent 5% or more over the budget cap is really what the issue is. If they if it's the overspending is 5% or less, then it's going to be probably just a slap on the wrist. But overspending by 5% or more is a really serious problem for Red Bull. Yeah, it's 5%. That's $7 million. <clears throat> exactly. That's mass, it's a massive amount of money for half a tenth of a second. Any team would pay that in a heartbeat. So the penalties that the FIA could impose on Red Bull would be things like deduction of constructors, uh, deduction of constructors' championship points. In this case, that would be for 2021. So I don't think that would matter so much because Red Bull came in second anyway. So that's not a yeah. huge deal. Deduction, uh, the next thing that they could do is deduct drivers' championship points for 2021, which could definitely give Lewis Hamilton the championship for 2021. My feeling is that's probably too controversial. I don't think they would go there. Well, I think it, it almost would be, it would be terrible. It would be terrible for the sport, but I mean, if the infraction has happened, it, for a driver to lose his title, that would be the title to lose, considering he didn't really deserve it in the first place, let's be honest. Do <laughs> you think the FIA would, at, at its first kick at the can with cost cap <laughs> punishments, would go straight to changing the outcome of the 2021 Drivers' Championship? I don't, I don't think they will, but it, to me, it would right a wrong in a you know, very, very messy <laughs> way. But I don't buy it. I mean, here's the thing. From my perspective, all of these teams push the limits of what's allowed and what's not allowed. Maybe Mercedes might be slightly cleaner because of corporate governance, but I just can't imagine that any team in Formula One is not pushing everything to the max. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, how many tens of millions of places can you hide a dollar? 100%. So the next thing they could do is they could suspend Red Bull from one or more stages of the competition. They could limit the the amount that they could do aerodynamic testing or other testing limitations could be pretty decent punishment. Um, finally, they could reduce the cost cap for next year. You say, okay, well, you can only spend $100 million next year and see what happens. That sounds the most reasonable and likely to me. Because then you're not you're not rewriting any record books. Do you think there is anything in the fact that they delayed the announcement from uh, before Japan to Monday? I think it being Honda's first race in three years at their home track. They want Honda to look good. They want Honda to stay in as an engine supplier, and to have all this negative press come out right now would be terrible optics. The timing would be absolutely terrible. So that's why I feel like they are going to find Red Bull culpable for something for 2021 and won't announce it till Monday so that Honda can enjoy that weekend and not feel so embarrassed about whatever cloud is coming. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. So Honda also announced, or Red Bull announced, um, 
that they would be renewing their relationship with Honda. And I was so super surprised by that. I think it's great because they're doing so well with it. But this comes on, on the heels of canceling the Porsche deal where Red Bull was supposed to be in a partnership with Porsche and Honda would still be, I guess, tangentially involved, but it would be a new Red Bull powertrain. So I find this very surprising and kind of interesting. What do you think? It's funny and it's sad that basically Honda just missed this whole year and a half of their engine being the best engine in F1 because of this rash decision to get out completely as opposed to work out a deal like what it sounds like they've made with Red Bull now where they're an engine partner. I think with the engine doing as well as it is now, they're like so much publicity we're missing out on. And with the new engine rigs in 2026, you know, it's maybe it's easier for them to sell to the board. Well, let's be real. I think that it's still a Honda engine, regardless of what anybody says or what any badging is. Now I think that Honda looks at where F1 is going. It looks at the what Liberty is doing with F1, and they see nothing but positives. I feel like they are regretting it and now want to get back in. And I think, in all honesty, they can say, well, it's always been a Honda engine. And I think they can go into the weekend proud. Yeah. So Danny Rick getting kicked out at McLaren. You know, we overheard him talking to Checo how he might take a year off. Now it sounds like he might be signing with Mercedes as a reserve driver. It almost makes me sad. You do have to keep your toe in the water in F1 in order to have the door potentially open again. I don't think it makes any sense for Danny Rick to take a break like Kimi Raikkonen did. I felt like that hurt Kimi's career. I feel like Danny's needed at the paddock. I think he's just got that kind of personality. Thank God he's humble enough to be able to consider something like this. The uh, If he went to Williams, for example, I think that, could, that would be really interesting because maybe he could help them turn it around a little bit. They have the money. They have lots of investment. So I think that could be an interesting story. I'm not sure about Haas. If him wiping the floor with Magnussen or him absolutely destroying Albon all year, and it's it's not so much about yeah. his points or where he ends up at the end of the year, but just reasserting himself as a ridiculously fast driver. I think it's interesting that there's been no talk that I've heard of of Danny Rick going to Haas. And I listen to as much F1 gossip as I can possibly get my hands on. <laughs> and I've never yeah. heard, oh, Danny Rick, one option is he could go to Haas. This kid, uh, Logan Sargent, is now being tapped, it sounds like, to go to Williams. I He was not on my radar, i got to say. So I, it's interesting that all of a sudden he's at the paddock and he's all over Williams and everybody's talking about this kid now. I mean, he's American. I guess with Colton Herta being denied his super license, they had to go to their next best American driver and try and get some American interest in the sport. And now it's time for our weekly track overview. Suzuka. This circuit is one of the greatest. 
It's right up there with Spa in Belgium. It has huge elevation changes, fantastic corners. It's got serious character. And what a history, including some amazing late 80s battles between Prost and Senna. It was originally built as a Honda test track in 1962. The old track surface can lead to quicker tire degradation and overheating. It's a figure eight shaped course, featuring high speed and often blind corners. There are limited runoff areas, gravel on the outside, and speeds upwards of 220 miles an hour or 350 kph, and only one DRS zone. It's a 3.6 mile or 5.6 kilometer track, and like most old school circuits, it's a two hour train ride from the nearest city, Tokyo. Nicky Lauda and James Hunt faced off in 1976 for the championship where Nicky retired due to weather, and Hunt pulled off a dramatic effort in the last eight laps to win the title. Keep an eye out for the Degner curves, including an amazing 90 degree right-hander at turn nine. And perhaps most famously, the 130R corner. Named for its 130 meter radius, this turn takes place on the bridge that crosses the course. Suzuka. This, it's one of the driver's favorite circuits and also one of my personal favorites of the year. And if you're looking to go to Suzuka next year, we'll be putting a guide to everything Suzuka on the website just in time for next season. Where to stay, everything from how to navigate the trains, and get you in and out of the track as smoothly as possible. Keep an eye out for that. I can't wait for Suzuka. Thanks for checking in with the F1 Wrap. We're a new show, so if you can, please subscribe and share an episode with a friend. Theme song is by Kevin Drew from Broken Social Scene. Thanks, Kevin. And I'm Eric Yale, and I'll see you next race weekend.